Welcome back to the Nothing Net Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined, as always, with Kevin Noah, except we have a special guest today, Shelly. How are you guys doing tonight? We'll start with Kev. How are you, Kev? I'm good. How are you doing, Nate? It's good to hear. Thank you. I'm good for asking. Uh, Noah, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Shelly, our special guest, how are you? I don't like the word special. Um, just our guest. There we go. Um, because using the word special would imply that, you know, there's some meaning behind it and calling, let's say tonight's topic, the NBA draft, calling that special would not be a fair, you know, thing to say. That's very true. And Shelly was appeared on earlier episodes of nothing into that, but he's back tonight helping us out with the draft and later uh, the NBA free agency. So you want to hit it with so, it? I was going to say there's yeah. so much drama going on and you can create that drama by playing thrive fantasy That's Thrive right. fantasy is your one-stop shop for player prop bets use our promo code dorm 50 for a free 50 dollars with your first deposit of 20 dollars or more that's right the stakes have been up 50 bucks that's a lot of money you could use that you know buy a new car Maybe, I don't know, you guys that can help me out here a little bit. I don't know. But. Uh, su- supply your um, recreational needs. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No judgment. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Hey, whatever floats your boat, you know. Hey, that's right. I'm not a good gambler, but Thrive Fantasy maybe win a lot of money. I'll tell you that much. Helps me out. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I know Noah can't wait till. Uh, Gambling's legal in his state. He'll be all, all up in it. Dude, they just they just voted it's legal. I'm gonna have to restrain myself. Ooh, nah, you gotta go all in. But uh, thank you, Fried. Yeah, uh, Fried all in on Thrive. All in, especially especially football season in full swing. NBA right around the corner. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting times. What more do you want? So we'll get right into it. We'll start with the NBA draft. We'll go. Top 14 picks, number one overall was the Timberwolves, and they selected Anthony Edwards. I would say no surprise here, but Kev, what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Um, originally, I said LaMelo was, would have been the better fit here, but I think if you're the Timberwolves and you're going to take a flyer on anybody, it should be Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves' point of view, but from an outside point of view, this isn't going to work. You're going into a team um, – with D'Angelo Russell, who we don't really know much about his work ethic. He, he, he was part of a good culture in Brooklyn, but we don't really know if he was responsible for that or not. Uh, Towns, who is famous for not working very hard. And you've got a guy who doesn't even know if he wants to play basketball. If I was Anthony Edwards, I would be praying that I ended up in Golden State because of the top three picks – if, if anybody says you would want to be somewhere other than Golden State, you don't know anything about these three franchises. I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely the uh, part where Anthony Edwards says he did, didn't even want to play basketball should have been a, uh, a red flag for the T-Wolves, but I guess his athleticism proved more than that. This is Shelly, a team that clearly does not see red flags. Not at all. Shelly, no, what are, your, what are you guys' thoughts? All right, I'm going to take an opposite take on here. I think, obviously, Edwards was the clear-cut number one pick, but let me tell you why I think he was. So going through his draft report, one thing stuck out. He's an undisciplined defender, all right? Dude's league ready on I mean, that, that's the only thing on the scouting report that you need to see. You see undisciplined defender, tends to get lazy on, the, on that end of the court. I love it. This is the kind of guy I want to turn my franchise around. A guy that only cares about offense, probably going to sit at half court and cherry pick. He's going to let guys go by him. James Harden's made an entire career off of doing this. I, I, I love the pick. Add the freak athleticism, you know, lack of worth, the ethic. Like, that's just the makings of a star. In this new NBA, he's a pretty good shooter, too. I so said the same things about Lamelo. Yeah, I think I did. Well, the mode that played, he played no defense in high school, scored 92 points. So, you know what you're getting when you draft him. Yeah, that was the worst. That's what you get the uh, the free agent signings or the undrafted guys who play defense for you. You don't, you don't, you're, you're, you know, you're the number one <laughs> yeah, pick, man. The people that's, fighting for the spot. To, to go exactly. Let, let, let them get the, get the boards and, and, you know, the hustle stats. You, you're only worried about filling up the scoring sheet. 
Yeah, you shoot the ball. No, all seriousness. Thoughts? All seriousness, though, like this is this was probably the best pick here out of the top three, at least. I mean, why? I honestly, I'm I'm kind of high on Wiseman from what I saw of him out of high school, and the limited time we saw him at at Memphis. Three games, right? Yeah, three games, and then you know his his the NCAA decided to rip that out from underneath his feet. But like the the, the athleticism alone, he's got all the measurables that you would look for out of a out of a stud athlete. Like, I would take a chance on that at number one. You know, like that, you can't really pass on that. That's fair. No, you had a comparison of Anthony Edwards. You want to tell us what it was? It was pretty good. Uh, yeah. So whenever I hear everything about him and see him, I just think of uh, Andrew Wiggins. Um, you know how he, uh, you know, he's athletic and coming out, everyone was really high on him, but he never really in the NBA so far. He hasn't lived up to his potential really. Not at all. Coming because, out of high school. You know, people say he doesn't work hard. So. He was like considered the second coming of Jordan. And now yeah, he's yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, now I remember he I remember there was a picture that they dropped of him on I think like two weeks before the draft at the combine where he was doing the uh the vertical test. And that man was legitimately four feet off the ground. Like he maybe not actually four feet, but like he had I mean he was a freak athlete coming out of Kansas and just hasn't yeah, you're right, just hasn't done anything significant or like anything that would warrant him being a number one pick if hindsight's 2020. I would agree with that. So we'll move on to the second pick with the um, Warriors. And before I tell who they picked, there was some, I wouldn't say drama, but big news that came out. Clay Thompson got hurt the night of the day of the draft. He had a lower right leg injury and it turned out to be, he tore his Achilles. So he's out for this year. And I thought that, and many analysts thought that that would impact their draft decision, but uh, they ended up going with who the experts predicted in James Wiseman out of Memphis, right? Memphis. Yep. Yeah. So Kev, uh, what are your thoughts on this with the injury to clay and what the Warriors are looking like in the future? Uh, the injury to clay obviously sucked. Um, it, it really, so the, the Warriors are trying to build like a second Spurs dynasty here. And it doesn't ruin that chance, but and also we've seen the Warriors make a lot of good moves for marginal improvement that they pretty much always win in. So I have no doubt that oh I mean I I would bet money that Bob Myers is gonna make the right move here. But it, it does suck. It's tragic whenever somebody of that caliber gets such an injury. And James Wiseman as a pick is, you know, the perfect fit here. Uh, his draft comp for me is Hassan Whiteside. Uh, obviously, like, prime Hassan Whiteside in Miami. So, who, who, who would have been a perfect fit on any Warriors team? And so, obviously, Wiseman is a, is a perfect fit here. The, the athleticism on the inside, the rim protection, a little bit of a shot. I don't think he'll be shooting the ball at all, but um, the, the rim protection and being good in the dunker spot is really all you need to be a good center for the Warriors. You don't need to shoot when you've got Clay and Steph when Clay's back on the, uh, on the wings and outside. So, uh, Shelly, uh, what did you think about this? Well, I actually – I told you this before – the draft even happened. This was a couple months ago, actually, before it was going to happen. And then it got postponed. I thought James Wiseman to the Warriors made the most sense because they needed a, a big man. And now they got a big man possibly for the future. I think Wiseman's got a chance to be in this league for a long time, be good for a long time. He's got some parts of his game he needs to clean up. Again, he's only 18, 19 years old. But like this dude, this dude's ceiling is very, very high. And I mean, even he even possesses the ability to shoot. I don't think he will have to. You guys are right, but again, you got you can't just ignore that. So he adds that element, almost kind of like a Joel Embiid, where he could step out and make a shot when he needs to. There's just times, and there was times in the limited uh, playing time he had three games. at Memphis. Yeah, three games. But there'd be a, and then I I think this is because he was young, but he'd play a little bit scared, especially for a guy of his talent. Like there was a lot of in, indecisiveness. He's not a great passer. 
I think that's all stuff that he can clean up. And I think being in a really good organization like the Warriors, he's going to be – that's not going to be a problem. Um, but, dude, like, I, I really do like this pick. Like, this this is one of my favorite picks in the draft. I think my favorite's coming a little bit later. But I, I, I'm a big fan. This is this was – my eye is probably the best prospect. And this was the, the right decision for the Warriors. No. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think it um, – it's a really good fit for uh, for both Wozniak and the Warriors. Um, I I will admit that whenever I heard Clay got hurt, I thought that they were going to pick Lamelo, but that was probably just like me like overreacting or whatever. Now, I like that they didn't get away from their game plan though. They were like, yeah. all right, we're going after Wozniak. Then the Clay news dropped, but they, that didn't impact that. I I I respect the Warriors for not not straying away from that and making maybe the wrong decision in Lamelo Ball. Yeah, because looking like past this year, that probably would be the wrong decision drafting Lamelo. Um, but yeah, I think Wiseman is a is a good fit for them. I think they'll be good. I think they'll still be a really good team this year, even with Clay out. I think what would also help Wiseman too is that he's not the center guy like Lamelo yeah. and Hornets. He's that number one guy, but Wiseman coming into an already three three time championship team with some of the same pieces his load and his expectations as a rookie are definitely lessened than if he went to like the uh, T-Wolves or another team like that. This is a really rare situation too, where a a pick or team that's picking this high actually has a very good established culture. Like a lot of the time, like teams are picking, I mean, honestly, the Timberwolves, like the Timberwolves, Honestly, the Hornets, they don't have any kind of culture there. MJ, I don't think MJ knows what the hell he's doing. He's not a good owner. He just <laughs> no. needs to suit up again. Come on, no. fourth retirement. Come out, MJ. No, Come we on the don't. bench next year. The yeah. only- <laughs> With LeVar. <laughs> like, the, the Bulls haven't known what they're doing since, honestly, 2013. Like, you you look at that, and it's it's hard for guys to, to flourish in a system like that. Like, you're seeing Kobe, Kobe Wright in uh, Chicago. Like, he's – now people are talking to him being a backup, a career backup. And this was a guy that was coming out of UNC with a lot of hype. I feel like a guy like Wiseman comes into a system like this with an established guy like Steph Curry. And even though Clay Thompson's not going to play an established guy like Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Draymond Green, yeah. Very good professionals. I think that's a really good situation for James Wiseman to come into, especially with a very limited college sample size. And the last time he really truly played a decently competitive schedule was in high school. So like I, I like that for for Wiseman. This is a little similar to uh, you you mentioned an established team having a top pick. A little similar to Tatum going to the Celtics. Yeah, and it's, really, it's exactly like this. Really, just being great his first year because there was a spot there and the team was ready for him. Yeah, and if Golden State's proved anything, and I think a lot of people will tend to forget this, that outside of really Kevin Durant. And Andre Iguodala, most of that team was was home, like the, the core parts of that those championship teams were homegrown, so like they they can develop talent. Yeah, like they drafted Clay and Steph, so they didn't buy their and, way to and, championship and, like the Lakers did. And Draymond, <laughs> yeah. and Draymond, they picked Draymond yeah. in the second round. Like they could they can develop players better, if not better than anybody. Yeah, I'm not a Lakers hater, but come on, man. You're just buying championships. Like, be like the Spurs. Like, draft your players. Don't cheat. Freaking LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater, but that shit doesn't count. Let's be That's real. A LeBron hater. They won an AAU championship, not an NBA title. I'm not a LeBron hater. Of a LeBron hater. You, you, yeah, could just, probably, you could probably try to convince yourself that John Stockton is better than LeBron. Dude, I'll take Stockton any day. 3,000 assists, 15, no, 15,000 assists. Here we go. LeBron's going to have – LeBron's going to – don't even mention John Stockton, LeBron, in the same conversation. I'm not a LeBron hitter. I just uh, – that shit didn't count. At the All third right. pick, the Charlotte Hornets picked the high school superstar, uh, signature brand, balling LaMelo Ball. I don't know how this pick went, Kev. What were your thoughts on this? LaMelo is a very controversial character, both on and off the court. All right. So, originally what I thought was – he, he's going to be great, but please not another Kemba situation where he's good there for like five years and the best player they give him is uh, Al Jefferson. <laughs> but then the Hayward signing, which people um, 
I think justifiably made fun of for being an overpay. But I think the important part was that it shows that they are committed to actually building a team around their new young star point guard. So I think, I don't think anything really exciting for them happens for the next couple of years because I think it's going to take LaMelo uh, longer than people think it will to really be an impact player. But I think I think it's a good sign, the LaMelo plus the Hayward signing. I agree with that. But I wonder what Hayward we're going to get. Are we going to get that Celtics Hayward or are we going to try to get some of the Jazz Hayward? I mean, you're definitely going to get better than Nick Batum starting at small forward. That is true. But it's good to see Michael Jordan making money moves. We'll go to Noah before we go to Shelly. Noah, what were your thoughts? So I, I like Lamella there. Um, I think he has the highest upside out of anyone in the draft. I don't. I think it'll take a while for him to be good just because he's not like physically developed at all. And he's young. He can't really play defense or anything. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be good in the future, um, probably like two years down the line. And I think it's good that uh, he's in an organization with Michael Jordan because, like, hopefully you can, like, get him to work hard. I don't know because, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the thing about Jordan was he worked so hard and played so hard. and was so disciplined. And I feel like Lamelo needs some of that. So maybe Jordan can, you know, drive that out of him a little bit. Well, I do like the Gordon Hayward uh, signing as well, just to get some more good players around him. I like to see uh, Jordan suit up and practice with him. I think that'd bring out some of what we need to see in Lamella. We got to see the Lavar Jordan one on one. We do have Paper. to see that highly coveted. All right, this is this is going to play right into my point of why Lamella Ball is a member of Michael Jordan's basketball team. All right, about what four years ago now. LeVar Ball opened his mouth and said that he would beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. This is the same Michael Jordan that will hold grudges for literally 35, 40 years if you cross him the wrong way. If you're telling me that he didn't draft the son of the guy that called him out to play one-on-one just to prove a point to beat his father in a one-on-one basketball game, you're tripping. This was a petty pick. This was, this was a pick simply to prove a point to, to America that he could beat some washed up Juco basketball player who played in the, the European NFL that has no business being on the court with the air greatness. Like, like there's, uh, but to get to the actual pick LaMelo ball, like the upside is unbelievable for this guy. He's a clear cut potential wise, the best out of the three. Jello is obviously the best. Lonzo's the worst. We all know this. Um, but, Dickey. Well, you know, Ladicky Ball is Ladicky Ball. You know, that is what it is. He's the forgotten son. But what scares me about Lamelo is how inefficient of a score he is, and it pretty much how reckless of a basketball player he is in that regard when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Because the defensive side of the ball, like I don't even know where to begin there. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's yeah. He's yeah. He's awful defending. Maybe he can get better, and I think that's the immaturity aspect of Lamelo Ball, but. 46% from two and 25% from three in the Australian basketball league that he was in. That scares me, at least from the early, early part. Maybe he will change his style of play to adapt to the league and maybe that'll come with maturity. And it's, I don't know, maybe when he gets away from his dad, like look at Lonzo, when he got away from LeVar, he became a completely different guy and a much better basketball player. Cause I think he probably stopped listening to his dad, but. I, I really do think MJ made this pick to prove a point that he could beat LeVar Ball in one-on-one. I really do. I wouldn't be surprised. Also, let's talk about how broke LaMelo's shot is right now. It's he quick, kicked. but it's highly inaccurate. Yeah, he like kicks his leg. He looks like he's uh, – Pulls it from his hip. Yeah, he looks like the uh, rec basketball player, like the guy that rolls up in the headbands and the sweatbands and like has his like mom like film the games and stuff. And sends those out to college coaches, and he just has the most broke jump shot in the gym. But he still, you know, thinks he's hanging a thirty piece on you every time he walks in there. Let me give one quick comment. Um, the upside's huge, but the risk is Michael Carter Williams. And me being a yeah. fan has already been through one Michael Carter Williams, uh, thinking he was great. So, and we we don't. Okay, 
his potential is huge. He, but I feel like because people say like, oh, he could be a great defender. Yeah, so could Brandon Ingram. Not everybody with long arms is going to be a great defender. It's all about the mindset. It's yeah. all mental. Yeah, it's all effort. And th- that effort could be there, but at least of what I've seen, we just don't know. And I, I think he's – yeah, you got it, Shelly. He's, he's y'all's age. He's 18 years old. Yeah, like, the Sherman R draft, dude. Yeah. You know who I honestly, be called. You know who I probably would have picked at the number three spot? Who? Julian Newman. Dude, this was his draft too, man. He's I, in like this I, he's in his sixth year of high school, I think. Wait, he's still in high school? His dad created his own school. Yeah, so he can play more like a fifth year, five years of prep school, going into college at the age of twenty-six. <laughs> he's gonna go on a mission trip, dude. Come you, guys get, you guys give him crap, man. But those highlights from when he was six years old, I love the potential. Um he did declare for the draft, did not get picked. It's okay. He's got another three years of high school left. It's all good. Yeah, he's dancing to create another school. Proud as you prep 2.0. Get him out there. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine, yeah, if, imagine if they, some team just, just like, screw it. Julian Newman. <laughs> Use him as, like, the uh, towel boy with some draft pick on him. <laughs> with, with, with Dude, the, he's like 5'6". The New York Knicks select. <laughs> Julian Newman, hey, the, listen, water, the water boy. You know what? You know what I think Julian Newman would be really good at? Some NFL team should hire him as a tackling dummy. <laughs> dude, like like watching him that. watching him take some hits in those games. Like, that dude is tough as nails, man. He gets rocked every game. Mentally strong, you know, gets booed at every game. He's got some fire <laughs> to him. Like, I, I dude, love my the favorite, My favorite videos of him are when he starts clapping in people's face. He gets all mad. It's like his little midget. You see an elf, like the little guy in an elf when he jumps up on the table. I saw a video. I, I don't know who it was from IMG, but he stuffed him so hard he put him through the floor. Dude, I saw that too. Uh, Dude, their yeah. their dads because he had. We'll go on a Julie Newman tangent. I feel like we we've done this before, but I mean, how can you not? But anyway, his dad created a school called Prodigy Prep, and he had the hardest schedule in the entire nation. I think they lost every game by like thirty points. Maybe uh, they, they were losing. One. They were losing sixty to like four at halftime. That was before Dude, they, they would get clapped. But he'd be like, "We got the hardest schedule. You know, we'll get them next time." <laughs> when I you said, let, no, you won't. I'm just saying that Julian Newman's game would translate to the NBA. It would. Yeah, maybe in like the fifties. Him and Muggsy Bogues. Hey, I'm just saying he shoots a lot of threes and he doesn't play defense. Like he can't, dude. He can't. He's like comes to the people's knees. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on to the uh, – unless you guys have any more about LaMelo Ball, move on to the fourth pick. I hope my order for my big baller brand shoes eventually comes in. I've been waiting on that for a while. I think the brand is not, not anymore. <laughs> but we'll move to the uh, fourth pick with the Chicago Bulls, who picked Patrick Williams out of Florida State University. And this was – to say a outrageous pick would be an understatement. This dude was a bench warmer. He didn't even start. Um, I don't know what the Bulls were thinking, but Kev, what were you thinking? Look, here is the possible justification for what I could think the Bulls were thinking. Either dump pick or you see Lowry Markkinen isn't athletic enough to play the four, sucks at the five. You got to ship him out. Um, you, you know Wendell Carter is probably the best prospect on the team. So Okongwu's out of the situation. You probably stick with Zach Levine. You don't need a shooting guard. Uh, you got to hope Kobe White is your your point guard moving forward. So you need a three and D wing, and you probably go either Okoro or Williams here because Denny's probably not the right pick. Halliburton's probably not the right pick. Killian Hayes isn't probably the right pick because they all need the ball. So going for a guy who you can turn into a really good 3 and D, uh, Covington type guy, it might not be as bad of a move as people are thinking that it is. Yeah, that's solid justification. I can see that. Uh, Shelly, what were you thinking? So as you guys know, this is the John Paxton era and Chicago is officially over. Now it's Mark Eversley. And I think they're trying to – I mean, they're obviously trying to – rebuild this ship i don't think they'll ever get back but that's i mean that is what it is every team's got hope right but 
they went with Williams off of the potential. I think that like he, it's like a, it's like an Anthony Edwards situation where like the upside is so good you don't want to pass on him and then have him haunt you. But at the same time, if you can't develop a guy like this, it's going to blow up in your face faster than anything. Also, the dude's a flower boy. You can't pass on that. That dude's got some talent. You know, he can make a beautiful spread of bouquets. You know, like that's that's an unta- or it's an intangible. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to figure out any kind of a reason why they they would I don't want to say waste the pick because it's way too early to say that they wasted it, but. I don't know. I feel like there was better options there. Like, de- like the Denny guy out of Israel, like seemed like the obvious number four pick. And I don't know. I don't know. This was, this is not a good start on paper for Mark Eversley. But you never know. It could turn out pretty well, but uh, no, what were you thinking? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Whenever they picked him, I like didn't know who he was. Um, Cause I'm like the mock drafts. He was down so well, but um. Um, yeah, I don't – hopefully he turns out to be good. Like Kev said, he could turn into a Robert Covington, hopefully. But I feel like at the number four pick, that's not, like, what you should be trying to do. You should, like, aim for higher than Robert Covington at the fourth pick. Like an all-star. No, I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. saying that makes it the right pick. I'm saying yeah, that – Yeah, I get what you're saying. One out of yeah, but I'm saying, like, from the Bulls' perspective, it doesn't make sense. And also, if he has that much potential, it's like – you know, whatever they thought. I feel like he should at least be able to start in college. I will say this. I will say this. I will say this about Florida State. That's that's Florida State was a pretty deep uh, upperclassman team. Like, they didn't have a whole lot of young talent starting for them initially anyway. And they never really do play freshmen like that. But, yeah, he probably sh- – if he's a top five pick in the – or the number four pick in, in the NBA draft, he should, yes, be starting. But – uh. Leonard Hamilton is an interesting coach in that regard. They always have really, really good big men. The last real good uh, prospect that they had, have they had a real great prospect? Um, no, they, they usually really only have, like, really good college big men. They never really have anybody that truly translates to the league. Isaac is all I can think about. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very rare. But they're always good. Like, that's, that's the weird part. I mean, I don't know. College basketball is, is, is funny like that, and that's kind of my point with Obi Toppin later in this. We also have to discussion. take into consideration that we didn't see a whole lot of this season because of COVID. We got, we got, we got enough college basketball. That we're, 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 in my opinion, I think where players and teams really show out is the tournament. Oh, and you for see sure. what teams are made of and what players do because that's a lot I mean, of pressure. I mean, John Morant was – I mean, he was going to be a top four pick anyway, but – because of how well he played March Madness, he exactly, yeah. stock. Yeah, that happens. And a lot of guys jump into the lottery because of March Madness. But at the same time, I feel like we got a good enough sample size in college basketball this year to kind of know where these guys are at. That's fair. I would like to see more, but obviously. Oh, I, I mean, honestly, like if not having the tournament sucked. It just sucked. So, yeah. so we'll move on to the fifth pick. In the Cavs, they drafted Isaac Okoro. Kev, what are your thoughts on this on this pick at number five? Um, so the the logic behind it is you need a defense guy next to Sexton and Garland. But uh, who did I have here? I had Top in here, which um, 100% they should have done in this situation because – uh, Kevin Love should be out the door. So you need a you, uh, Tristan Thompson left. So you need a big body who can do something. And right now they just don't have that. And when you're when your team is down as bad as the Cavs are, you got it. You got to take a flyer on somebody. Because having a decent role player, if you have no star player, really means nothing. I agree with that. Uh, no, what were your thoughts on this pick at number five? Um, I'm guessing um, they picked the best – whoever they just thought had the most talent or who they would think is the best because they really don't have any good players besides maybe Colin Sexton, who they would want to, like, keep, you know. So I'm guessing they just thought Okora was the best player they could take. Um, and, I mean, he might be good. And I don't really know that much about him. 
I, I had them taking Obi Toppin as well. But I guess they. I think most well. every analyst did. I was surprised yeah. that I dropped to eight. If I'm, yeah, I dropped to eight to the Knicks. But uh, Shelly, what were your thoughts on on this pick by the Cleveland Cavs? I'm not big on the Sakura pick. Not that he's not a good player. I think he's going to be a solid role player in the NBA because he can play defense and he can score well enough to keep himself in the rotation, at least on paper. I, th- I think Obi Toppin would have been the sexy pick here. And the last time they drafted a kid out of Ohio, ended up being LeBron James, arguably the best player of all time. Not saying that Obi Toppin is going to be that good, but I'm just saying, like, they've had success drafting in the state. But Okoro, like, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about him. I know that he was a – he's probably the best defender in the SEC this year on a pretty good Auburn team. Like, that was that was going to make a deep run in March, and that probably would have helped his stock, at least at least from at least being publicly known, I guess, so we would have more of an idea. But I, I don't hate the pick. It's, it's just – I don't know. I, I feel like Obi Toppin would have been the, the more fun pick. How about that? I agree with that, but it's cool he went to New York where he grew up. But uh, yeah. overall, I, I think this draft uh, wasn't the best. I feel like uh, – it, 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 it appears as if Cleveland is trying to build around Sexton, though, making a pick like this. So now you've got – I think Sexton is going – if everything pans out, he's obviously the star in Cleveland. But I don't know. We'll see what they're doing. I feel like they should build around uh, – is it Seti Osman? He's, yeah. I think he's a little bit better. Yeah. But, a little bit better um, now, but Sexton, Sexton, you know, what a name, you know, Sexy Sexton, you know. Hopefully he turns out pretty well, pretty good. He's got potential. Nah, I, don't I don't know, man. It's Cleveland. The only time Cleveland's worth the shit is when LeBron's in the building. I can, I can agree with that. I mean, <laughs> you know, like uh, when Kyrie was there, they weren't very good. And when LeBron left, they kind of suck now. So, you know, like. It's LeBron's team, it's LeBron's house, it always will. Or Mark Price, depending on uh, what area you're in. So now we'll talk about our sleeper picks for this draft, and I'll give it off to Shelly to uh, tell us who his are. All right, so I have two. My first one, if my computer would like to cooperate with me, is my boy, Denny Avadia. Going to y'all's Wizards, you DC Bulls. You DMV heads. The fact that this man fell to the number nine pick blows my mind. Because I think this dude has the chance to be a transcendent talent. Pair him with hopefully John Wall, not Russell Westbrook, if that trade goes down. I like him with John Wall. I want Russ to come to D.C. That's my boy. And I know – hey, I just want to put this out for the podcast uh, viewers and listeners. I know his favorite player is Russell Westbrook, so – I'm no, sorry. Least favorite player. I'm no, sorry. Least favorite player. He's just in denial. Nate, did you have that joke planned for like a couple days? You're like, I'm going to say it. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> no, that, that was on the spot, dude. That was off, off the dome. Off the, off the dome. All right. All right. Shelly, but, sorry for interrupting you, Shelly. All right. Yeah. But enough on, on my boy, Denny. I think a sleeper pick in the second round going to the San Antonio Spurs is going to be Trey Jones out of Duke. I. This guy caught a lot of heat last year. He didn't play necessarily up to his ability level. But I like the situation that he's going into in San Antonio. It's a young group. They're, they're coming off of, I guess, the hangover period of the dynasty that was the Spurs for the better part of two decades. It's a different, it's a different feeling they have going on there. But the one constant, and why I will never bet against the Spurs as long as Greg Popovich is there, is the system that he's created in San Antonio. They take guys late. They sign guys out of the international pool. And they make them very effective basketball players in their system. And I, I think Trey Jones is – he can be a solid piece coming off the bench, maybe eventually running run the show. I, don't know, I, I like the low-risk, high-reward pick in the second round with Trey, Trey Jones. Like, worst-case scenario, he doesn't work. All right, dump him off to another team. They'll draft him. Or that will take him because he's he's kind of a big name. Like he had a lot of hype coming into this into the season, into the preseason, and then didn't really wow anybody. But I think he's he's got the chance to be a very good pro. 
those are I, I agree with those those picks. We'll go to Noah for his sleepers if he has any. Yeah, so my first one, I mean, guess it's not really a sleeper. It's the same as uh, as Jacob is uh, my boy Denny to the Wizards. I was so excited whenever I uh, knew it was, we were either going to get him or Obi Toppin, and we ended up with Denny, which is probably the better uh, better player in my opinion. Um, yeah, obviously he has a lot of potential. I'm very excited about him. But uh, yeah, he's not really an actual sleeper. An actual sleeper, uh, looking at everyone drafted, I'm gonna go with uh, Kenny and Martin Jr. Um, you know, his dad was pretty good, so hopefully he can be like his dad. Um, I saw him a little in high school. He was good in high school. I didn't really watch him in college too much, so I can't say anything about college. But um, yeah, I don't know. If he'll be good like he was in high school, and someone like his dad, he might be a good good player. I think he's going to be on the Rockets. I think, yeah, the Kings traded the pick to the Rockets. So. He he did play college. He went a untraditional route. He did the IMG Academy and then a post-grad year. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops and how he comes in with uh, the uh, non-college route. So we'll shoot it to Kev for his two or his sleeper picks. All right, I'm going to give a handful, but I'll be quick. I'll, I'm going to kind of get into the weeds here. Um, Sadiq Bay at 19, Nova players always work out. So he's he's going to be great on the Pistons or if they move him again. Uh, Peyton Pritchard at 26, I like a lot. Desmond Bain, Tyrell Terry, and Vernon Carey, 30 to 32. Um. Jamius Ramsey at 43 to the Kings. I think if he's just a gunner for them off the bench, he could be something pretty good. And uh, Cassius Winston at 53. And, yeah, I think that's about it. I like the Winston pick for the Wizards, especially with the uncertainty of what John Wall's going to do since it appears as if he's demanded that he wants to be traded. Dude was solid at Michigan State. I don't think he's going to be great, but if you want a guy off the bench who can just kind of maintain control and kind of he, keep the offense moving, I think he'll be that perfectly for them. He's a, he's a great facilitator. It's all you really need out of a out of a point guard, unless you want, you know, the flashy stuff. If you can find that talent, like if you need a game manager, Cassius Winston. Yeah, I agree you with know that. exactly what you're going to get. Winston was also one of my sleepers, too. He had a couple big games in Michigan, too. So he's, he's definitely proved himself. But I'll say one you guys haven't said. Uh, at the 48th pick to the Warriors, Nico Mannion, just in the wake of Clay getting hurt, I feel like Nico will step up and he'll take over that role. Or he won't take over, but he'll, he'll definitely show some signs of greatness too. He's a pretty good – he was a good high school player. I don't think he was the best college player, but I think if Steph can work with him, that'll be, uh, that'll be good to see. So – I like Nico Mannion. Um, I feel like he is – he's a good player, but he's a big gimmick player. And I absolutely think Josh Green is going to have a better career than him. I, I agree with that too, but I just feel like right now with the Warriors, the way they are with Clay Hurt, I feel like he'll – he could step in and help them out. But what I'm saying is, like, because he's a big name, I think people are way overrating him. Like that's I, what, that's I right. I mean, he I, dropped. I don't, I don't think he's going to be better than Cassius Winston. I, yeah, like yeah, he's a he was a guy I think that needed another year. I agree with that. I don't too. think I I don't think he was quite ready for the NBA just yet. There's a lot of aspects of his game that he needs to clean up. Like he's not a great three point shooter. Like he has the ability to be a very good three point shooter, but like 32 percent at the college level is not great if you're calling card is an elite scorer and i mean he's he does some aspects of the game really well he's a great facilitator at the point guard i think going into a system with with steph curry will only improve that more and you know the warriors it seems like they always have open shots so it's not like he's going to have too many you know contested threes in that system at least i don't know maybe when he's on the floor it'll be a little different because it won't be he won't have steph curry out there necessarily i don't know what they're going to do with him but I don't know, maybe, maybe let him float around the G League for a little bit, get his feet wet, and then bring him up and see what he's got. I don't, I don't think he's NBA ready by any means, but I think he's got the chance to be very good. I think another year at Arizona would only have helped him. 
I agree. The second year would have been big because, like you said, he's not physically ready, but he's also not like game ready enough to where the not being physically ready, like he can't. You know, Kira Lewis Jr., the other guards picked up top aren't physically ready, but they're good enough at basketball to the point where that doesn't really matter. Or it, it matters, but it won't – it's not going to hurt them. Uh, Nico Mannion isn't physically ready, and, yeah, his, his game isn't really ready either. I can see that. We'll just have to see how he pans out. So, before we move on to free agency, do you guys have any more closing remarks on this 2020 virtual NBA draft? They should have drafted my boy, Mamade Diakite. Let me tell you why. Shout out UVA. The dude has the clutch sheen, obviously. Uh, made one of the biggest shots in UVA's history. Um, he's also a solid defender. Like, that is a severely underrated part of his game. That dude can lock up any big man from the three to the five. Like, I think he's got a good chance to defend at that level. His scoring is what probably ultimately kept him out of the draft. I don't know. I thought the team would have took a flyer on him late. I don't know. But hopefully he signs somewhere because DKT is a solid defender, a good enough defender to probably at least get in a rotation on some crappy team. Maybe if, you're try- maybe if you're trying to, you know, bring out the tanks, you know, sign DKT. You know? It's not going to score any points, so he can't hurt you in that regard. We should make shirts that say that. Uh, Noah, you got anything? Uh, about the draft? Uh, yeah, just close no. I'm happy. I'm happy with the Wizards draft, though. I'll say that as a Wizards fan. Very happy. It's probably pretty rare. And uh, Kev, any closing remarks? Uh, not really. I think this draft is going to uh, pan out a lot better than people think it's going to. It's a good optimistic approach. Okay, this so we'll is move one, of, on. one of the worst traps ever. You see, for if you want a star, I don't think it's a great draft. But if you want another guy who's going to be a positive contributor, I think it's a great draft. This was the role player draft. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I feel like draft. The draft is so. It's so much fun because you get so hyped up going into it. No matter how good or how bad it is, it doesn't matter. The hype's always there. That's the fun part about draft season. Like, this could be a really good pick. More than likely it won't be, but, you know. And you, you never really know. Exactly. Yeah, all the time will tell. Okay, so yeah. we'll move on to the NBA free agency, which has been happening for the past couple of days. And I'll give it to Kev, who I would say is our woge of the podcast, to uh, give us some of the key key moves, key signs, key trades that, uh, that have been going on the past couple of days. Yeah, I'll just give you some – some of my favorites, a little bit of what's going on. So the major free agents left are Brandon Ingram, uh, Malik Beasley, and that's probably about it that anybody really cares about. Uh, they're both going back to their same teams. We pretty much know that for sure. Uh, signings I liked, uh, Dragic going back to Miami, big fan of it. Kind of knew I like that it as well. Uh, Wes Matthews to the Lakers, pretty marginal. They got him for very cheap, and he's he's just another guy they can play who's going to be positive. Uh, let me keep looking. Jordan Clarkson back. Oh, Derek Favors uh, is back on Utah. Um, pretty happy about that. I, I didn't. He he was good uh, for the Pelicans for a year, but he wasn't not part of their future plans. Uh, Gal to Atlanta. I initially like, but we're going to have to see how that works out. Um, Trez to the Lakers. Uh, they got him on the MLE, which is pretty nuts. So, yeah, they, they objectively got better from that move. That's a great value. Uh, Berton's back to Washington. I did not think that was going to happen. Noah, you should be happy about that. He's – he okay. might be the best stretch four in the league now. Uh, Jeremy Grant to Detroit frustrated me because I'm a big fan of him, and he just went to a, a talent black hole, as I call those kind of teams. Christian Wood to Houston. Uh, again, Houston's imploding, but they pro- they gave him a decent deal. So. Derek Jones to Portland. I'm a fan of that move. Um, Jermichael Green to Denver. 
is my sleeper pick of this so far, probably. Um, we saw some flashes of real good play from him on the Clippers. And Denver's player development is pretty great. So we could see him uh, fill the hole that Jeremy Grant left. Uh, Van Vliet back to Toronto. Saw that coming from a mile away. Gordon Hayward to Charlotte. I already, I already gave my feelings on that earlier. I think it's great that they're committed to winning with him. Um, Jay Crowder to Phoenix, another really slept on move. Um, Tristan Thompson to Boston. Being oh, I didn't six, know he went to Boston. Yeah, being a Sixers fan, I'm kind of worried about. That'll, because, that'll help Boston because they, they really have an established big man. Yeah. So they just got a lot better. And since they couldn't get Drummond, I guess that was probably their backup plan. Yeah. I mean, they're about the same player, too. Sergi Baca to the Clippers is an awesome move. It's a veteran leadership. I hope he starts over um, – what's his name? The white center. Zubac. Zubac. Yeah, I hope, I hope they yeah. start over Zubac. Uh, Bogdan to Atlanta is pretty great. Let's, let's talk about that real fast. Let's talk about that failed move to the Bucks. So originally he was going to go to the Bucks, right? And then something happened with tampering, was it? I don't really know much about what happened there. Definitely a weird situation. Yeah, so the Bucks thought they were going to get another shoot around Giannis, which would have definitely helped. But something happened and the trade failed, and he's going to uh, – where's he going? He's going to Atlanta. 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 Atlanta's made some moves too. If Atlanta isn't doesn't make the playoffs – this might be, I don't know. The, they have so much talent, so much young talent, too. Let me comment about Atlanta. Uh, great move they've made for the most part, but I think the Okongwu move was pretty boneheaded because you got to assume Collins is on his way out, and I don't see Okongwu ever being as good as John Collins. I can, I can agree with that. But they got a uh, – DeAndre Hunter, too, at small forward. So, they got talent there. Three and D. Uh, let's, Chris Paul also got moved, too. He's going to the Suns. I think that's a huge move for D-Book. I think that'll definitely help his game. Uh, who else got moved? Uh, Drew. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Drew Holiday got moved to the Bucks. That'll help Giannis. Oh, I, I – yeah. I, I, let's talk about that yeah, I get what the Bucks are trying to do and what they were trying to do with the Bogdan Bogdanovich trade because I cannot say his name saved my life. But yeah. I get what the attempt was. It was trying to get Giannis to stay, at least for the short term, and show them that they're trying to like build a championship team around – like a legitimate championship team around him. And I think the Drew Holiday move is a good step to win a championship in the now. But with a guy like Giannis, you're trying to lock him up for five – plus years, you know, like maybe end his career in a Bucks uniform, trading away the next, what, from the 2024 to 2027 first round picks. And I'm pretty sure they're all unprotected too. So like, I mean, let me check that real quick. Uh, there's a couple of swaps in there, but it's yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a lot. It is a, a lot more than I think Drew Holiday at this point in his career is worth. I mean, I'm not going to say this is as much of a shooting yourself in a foot as what the Nets did, but it is damn close. Yeah, this is what could. Giannis, Giannis leaves, you guys suck, and you don't have a single one of your picks. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it exclusively hinges on Giannis signing, re-signing. Did, did he go for that Supermax or did he decline it? Because I know he was up for something this, this uh, offseason, right? I, I don't think he said anything yet. Yeah, uh, I don't. Th- I think he. I think he's restricted free agent next year. Okay, so I know there's something that he could sign this summer, so he probably didn't. He's yeah, yeah, I think I, it was I, supermax. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't. Sense. Yeah, I don't think he's. If he's smart, I don't think he locks himself up anymore. Seeing what the future, at least on paper, holds for Milwaukee, and it's not good. You know, no, I mean, but on the other end of what Milwaukee did, let's real quick talk about the Thunder. They are set for 
a good four to five years. I think they have 20 first round picks in the next six years. Although they got rid of all their pieces, which like Kev was saying before we uh, hopped on is a probably good move because that team wasn't going anywhere. Were we- yeah, though they were, they were treading water. I mean, they, they outperformed their expectations this year for sure. Agreed. But I like, I like it. I like it. They don't have to really tank. They got. No, they kept Shea too, so they'll probably build around Shea. That dude, he could definitely be future All Star and lead the team. So, as a um, as a self proclaimed Thunder fan myself, I'm excited for uh for what we have in, in store the next couple of uh, seasons. I definitely like the pick for Phoenix, but they they failed to address a problem that has been there for pretty much as long as the franchise has been there an awful bench and really no depth on that team. Um, the, the, the Jalen Smith pick is kind of tied in here because now do you start him over Cam Johnson and say Cam Johnson is your sixth man? Then also on that pick, this isn't related, but we're talking about the Suns. Uh, people uh, were pretty quick to say that Jalen Smith pick was awful. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know much about him. But people said the same about Cam Johnson last year, and he seems like he's going to be something. But, yeah, I agree. Win for the Phoenix Suns. But without a real bench, I still don't – this team's going to make the playoffs, but who do they beat in the playoffs? You don't, you don't have six, seven playable guys. I – I agree with that, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. I think they're looking a little more in the future. But I don't think the Suns will make the playoffs. What was I that, will no? say, you don't think they'll make the playoffs? The Suns? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Thunder. No, I think the Suns definitely will make the playoffs. And I, I don't know. Again, the way D-Book was playing at the end of the season this year. Yeah, I think they'll make the playoffs. I like the, the, the momentum that they were riding coming off the era – I guess exiting the bubble earlier than they would have liked, but they played well. Like I was impressed with the Suns. Yeah, I think but they the would. question is: the goal is making the playoffs. You make the playoffs as a seven seed, get annihilated by the Lakers. Like, what? What's the end goal here? You made the playoffs. I don't think D Book has ever the end, made the playoffs. The they're end goal. Somewhere. The end goal is to make sure Devin Booker doesn't leave. Obviously, they're not winning the chip. They don't have that much power. But you got to look at the the. Increments. They were like last in the league two years ago and last year. Not this. Again, I'm not saying it's a bad pick, but I'm saying you're you're riding on a Chris Paul who's on the wrong side of 30. Yes, he had a great year last year, but is this the year that he really falls off? And now you're holding on to the next Al Horford contract with really with really no assets to package with him to move it out that's fair i mean i i i don't know i feel like the suns you gotta do something dude you were the worst team for like the last like four years if you got that big contract you gotta bring people you gotta have people be excited about phoenix suns basketball but also you gotta think with that but if if you want, do you want to be a free agent destination? Because I still don't think Chris Paul and the Suns is bringing in any free agents. Just just the risk here. Again, I think the, I I think this will likely be good for the Suns, but I think the risk of this move wasn't really talked about. Of your bench still sucks, and one of these years Chris Paul is going to drop off, and you're going to be holding on to the worst contract in the league. And yeah, that's and fair. They, and they could very easily become the the another one of the teams that looks like they're trending in the right direction only to be a flash in the pan. Yeah. I feel like we've seen that. I feel like the Sixers honestly have kind of hit that point for being honest. Yeah. I think I have faith in a Lord Daryl Morey saying this, but that's definitely, that's definitely. Well, this actually flows into what I want to talk about. But Shelly, you can say what you wanted to say real fast. I was just going to say, I feel like that the, trust the process era is is over now i think we can safely say that that experiment went about as well as it could have but it ultimately wasn't the way to go you know so reboot yeah and going off of that let's talk about this james harden drama uh, drama 
because there's been talks that he's talking with the Nets. And I know, Kev, I feel like you think he might go to the Sixers. You know, initially I wanted it. Uh, Now I I don't because – my, my view of the Sixers was the Horford-Tobias-Harris Sixers. And now that Maury has shown with the Richardson trade and the Horford trade that he's willing to do what it takes to actually build a team around Simmons and be that will work, I don't want to make that trade. Because the, the, the team, if the team works out this year, it's – let me say, Harden doesn't fit with either of these guys. He doesn't fit with Simmons. He doesn't fit with Embiid. It, it, it's a desperate reach to win a championship, and it, it's not a guaranteed championship. Simmons and Embiid or – no, Simmons and Harden or Embiid and Harden does not guarantee you a championship. But I'm not going to throw the whole franchise into a trade that really guarantees nothing. I think there's a lot of baggage that comes with having James Harden on your team. Like that dude demands the ball. I mean, I, I don't want to mess this statistic up, but I think he controlled the ball for like 50% of Houston's possessions this last year. Like the dude demands the ball. Like he's going to be the one to score. It's, it's basically the James Harden show wherever he goes, at least at this point. Like, I don't know if you want to bring that into a, a, a team that has two – I don't want to say Simmons is an established star yet because he still leaves a lot to be desired, but Embiid's an established star. I don't know if you want to bring that – I don't want to call James Harden a distraction, but he kind of is. Like, he makes it a lot about himself. I just yeah. – I, I think if you're trying to, to really reboot and, and become a, you know, a contender, I don't think James Harden is the answer to that. And I think in Brooklyn – where he ultimately wants to go. I think that is a recipe for disaster when it comes to in Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Really? Yes. Let me tell you why, because Kyrie Irvin, the cancer to beat all cancers, pair him with James Harden. And that's just going to be another Russell Westbrook failed experiment where it's two ball dominant guards that can't handle giving the other guy the edge. I, I think Harden is ultimately the better scorer. Kyrie's probably the better player, but they both their egos are both just ridiculous. I think Kevin Durant's gonna be. I think Kevin Durant's fine. Kevin Durant has proved that he doesn't need the ball to be great. Like, look at what he did in Golden State. Like that dude can do everything. Like, I don't think that's gonna be the problem. I think I think if you bring in a guy like James Harden, that's not gonna mesh very well. And I don't know where you you send him. Honestly, like if he wants to go chase a championship. I don't know where he goes. Do you send him to the Knicks for Mitchell Robinson better than a first? Or two first, three first, whatever it would be? I think if you're Houston and he really wants out that bad, why not? Like, and for James Harden, he could be the center yeah, of attention. Do you want to go to New York? Like, that's might be one of the worst it franchises It doesn't right matter now. what he wants to do. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got no – he's got really uh, – unless he's got a no-trade clause, which I'm, he might. I don't, I don't know the details of his contract, but he really ultimately doesn't have that pull that he would in free agency. So he's kind of at the whim of whatever Houston decides to do with him. I think ultimately they will trade him to Brooklyn. I think it might – and honestly, it will set Brooklyn back for the future. I think I, – I, I read somewhere that there might be a Kyrie – Kyrie might be in that uh, trade, and Kyrie might leave Brooklyn. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Have they talked about like trading James Harden for Kyrie? Because to me, that, that would make sense. That would for Brooklyn, that'd be the probably the best case scenario. Yeah, I, I think I saw that somewhere. I mean, that that's would, like that's just a, a lateral move. I kind of is, yeah. Because the Harden is objectively the better player, but how does that really change the win share uh, significantly for either of those teams? Okay, I, 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 yeah, I just uh, again the 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 added variable here that we don't that could I don't know alter this is Kevin Durant because we have yet to see the Nets with Kevin Durant so maybe or not. even a new Kevin Durant post Achilles injury is he even the same Kevin Durant? I don't think that's gonna matter. Durant's still, gonna be awesome no matter what. Yeah, I don't. I he's Dude, probably gonna be statistically speaking. Achilles injury takes out every player that has it in basketball. The only player to come back to like even like a glimpse of his 
uh, form before was Dominique, and he still didn't come back like the Different, high, it, highlight reel like we knew. I mean, I know, did, still, he's still going to shoot 42, 43% from three. Yeah, and it's also you got to take into account the advancements in, in medical yeah, science. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. Even in, in – I think a lot of the – not necessarily misconceptions, because obviously the Achilles is a, a tough injury to recover from, but a lot of our conceptions of the Achilles injury has been skewed a little bit because of the way Kobe Bryant came back from it. Like, Kobe was never the same, but you can also, also make the case – Going down to his career. Correct. He was, like, what, in his mid-30s when he blew his Achilles out? Like, it was yeah. – yeah, I mean, ultimately, Kobe was going through decline. Rest to a legend. I think the yeah, I think the Achilles just sped it sped it up a little bit. Kevin Durant is still relatively young in his career. I mean, he's been in the league for a hot minute. He's but he's still younger than Kobe was. Seven. Yeah, he's yeah. he's more in his prime than Kobe was. When yeah, he had, he had the same injury. And with the the way surgery has advanced and the way the rehab process has advanced, I don't see him dropping off as much as we think he might off of an Achilles injury. I still think it's not going to be quite the same. He's not going to have, maybe he's not going to be a step faster, but he's still going to be dominant because who's going to guard him? Like who's going to be able to go, go up with him when he, when he pops a three from 40 feet out, or even when he decides, you know, why not? I'm going to take it to the hole. Like, I just don't see anybody. I mean, Durant literally with one leg, I would still bet on giving you at least 20 points a night. So he's going to be good. Agreed. I just no, no, the, the, I, 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 I keep behind that too. Let's say this hypothetical trade of James Harden goes down and they do keep Kyrie in, in Brooklyn. Like, I just don't think as a team that's going to mesh very well because that's hey, like uh, you got two 40% usage rate guys. Yep. And even I think it'll go worse than the Westbrook situation because Westbrook was still like a pretty unbelievable playmaker, no matter what you think about him. Kyrie isn't a good playmaker. He's a good scorer. That's it. Harden, you know, he's a little better playmaker, but still an individual scorer. Westbrook, say what you want. He he's not a scorer. He's a playmaker. And even it's with a real playmaker, it didn't work. So why do you think it's going to work when one of those guys isn't a playmaker? Yeah, and then add the Kyrie aspect where it's it's all about Kyrie. It's that was the problem in Boston. I, I am shocked Boston, the Celtics haven't aired his dirty laundry because from what has been leaked, eh, I, I would want Kyrie in my locker room. No, he's a he's a head case. But and who's, uh, the, who's your fourth guy? Is it Rodion Kuruks? No, it's uh, uh, Joe Harris. Joe Harris, yeah. Yeah, come Look, on, man. Who, who's, who's your fifth starter? No one. You don't who's need five stars when you got Joe Harris. I don't even know who Brooklyn has outside of that right now. Jared Allen. I mean, they still have uh, they Spencer Dinwiddie. They were going to trade Dinwiddie, Levert, and I don't know what else. But at this point, we don't know what they're going to do because there hasn't been much talk about it, but we just have to see. So that oh, wraps I, up. I believe they re-signed uh, Landry Shamit. Yeah, they did uh, Shamit. Yeah, so I guess I, I really don't know what, what – I don't think Brooklyn knows what they're doing. They're going to they're gonna flood this up. But honestly, if they just keep it how they are now with just Katie and Kyrie, I think they can make it out of the East with any issue. A Harden trade package has to be like at least Levert, Allen, DJ, and three first-round picks. I, yeah, I, I think they would give up way too much. Yeah, dude, dude, you're you're giving away way too much, and you're not. Yeah, it just wouldn't work out. Look, it's better than the Paul Pierce, KG, Deron Williams team, but you're you're putting you're walking in, you're running into the same exact trap of you have an injured old star, two guys who aren't going to play very well, and no assets. Do you want to go through seven more years of being the clowns of the league? That's fine. You know, that's another one less playoff contender in the East for my Sixers to worry about. But you're going down the same road. But, yeah, I mean, they, they just need to, like uh, – They need someone to tell them what to do. What's good? They like, do it if they include Kyrie. What was it? What did you say? I just, I, 
I think it, I, I, I don't think they should enter. Maybe entertain. He, I don't know. I would do it. I would just keep Katie and Kyrie and just put pieces behind them and make a good bench and you'll win the East without any issue because I don't see Giannis. They don't, they don't need to make any moves. It's not like you need a six. Yeah. Your, your team is already set right now. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. So yeah, just, you're winning the East. And it would it would be set, like they would set themselves back for the sexy talent. It's not worth it. Yeah, just because it's a big name, James Harden doesn't mean you need him. But yeah, that wraps up the mistake they already made. Yeah. First couple of days of the free agency. We'll be back next week to discuss the rest and maybe a uh, a highly contested debate.